Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I hope they call me on a mission when I have grown a foot or two. I hope by then I will be ready to teach and preach and work like missionaries do. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I'm John R. Bray. And I am Heather B. Armstrong. And today we're gonna we're gonna talk about finances. Because that's fun and lighthearted. It's tax season. And it's tax season. And finances I think are extra fun when you are separated or divorced. Finances are fun. And I think it's even I don't think. I know. I know it's even more fun when you are separated and financials have not been determined by a court. Are you in that situation? Oh yeah. I mean, and that's how it's been from the start. So it's not, it's not necessarily anything new, but it's always a fun discussion around, around tax season. Do you have anything in writing with her concerning finances at all? No, nothing. Okay. So this is gonna, (laughs) she could see, I told you it'd be fun. It's going to be good. She gets to claim him on her taxes. Yes. Well, it depends on how you look at it. <laughs> Technically, from my from my understanding, you have to provide at least half of the financial, 50% or greater of the financial support. So I guess 51 uh, in order to claim a child. What? Where do you get that information? Well, when you're when you're looking at at kids, you have to be able to show that you're supporting them for more than half of their needs. And this is this is from my accountant, but this it's I'm not speaking for people who are divorced. There's a you know a court order, whatever. But you look at who is providing for the child, okay? Because then you get to claim them as a deduction. No, okay. Now, Please proceed. <laughs> I think personally that it's a fairly straightforward situation because I provide more than fifty percent, like eighty-five to ninety, probably like ninety-one, like ninety-two percent. Yeah. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. And, I mean, there are there are some things that we have split. There are also some things that in theory we're going to split, but that has not happened. And I I decided long ago, I might have even mentioned this at one point, that I don't have any desire to really fight about money things with my Heather, with Hex, because it's just not, it's not worth it. I'd rather just pay for things that Lexton needs and just be done with it because it's the path of least resistance. But then to do that and arrive at tax season and have to go through negotiations over who's going to claim him, it's just, you know, it's frustrating. It's very, very frustrating. Because like I said, I feel like it's just common sense, but it's clearly not. And there should be something in writing. I mean, I will I will take shared responsibility for the fact that there isn't something in writing. And I know that there's a lot of different ways that this can go. I, know, I have friends who have two kids and each parent claims one. I have friends who flip-flop one year to the next. I know there's options. It's not that, you know, there's no way to do it. It just feels like there's no way. Well, the question is, does does Hex want to, does Heather want to, I don't want to call her Hex. (laughs) It does (laughs) makes me sound like a witch. Um, Does she want to negotiate with you concerning these options? Yes and no. So her, her basic standpoint is that we should switch every year. One year I claim him, one year she claims him, like that should be how it goes. And if that's the system that we decide to go by, then I would get that in writing. Okay. Because it's a it's a pretty reasonable deduction, right? To take to take it a is. kid on your taxes. And I think That's why all these welfare moms have kids. Don't you know? Don't you know? That, oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Forgot about that. So I feel like if we said yes every other year, the next tax season's gonna roll around and you know, in the back of her mind, it would be, wow, this this would be a lot better if I could claim him. And then we'll just go through it again. So I would get it in writing. But from just from my own small circle and sphere, 
from from what I have heard and seen, I know that when people alternate from year to year, uh, in part, that's because the non-custodial parent is paying child support. Mm-hmm. So they're also providing support. And usually that is with some other financial support. You know, if it's part of school tuition, if it's a private school or, you know, one person pays the medical expenses, whatever. I know there's tons of different ways to do it. But in our case, there is no child support. So there's none of that to factor in. So yours is a complicated situation is what you're saying. And you're going through hell trying to figure this out right now. Yes. Well, I I claimed him last year and just assumed because I provide the vast majority of the support that I'm again. And when yourself, as you know, as when you're self-employed, mm-hmm. you know, you pay your own taxes. So when, as I've been going through 2016, that's been how I've been going through it. Like I am claiming him. So then to hit tax season and, oh, maybe I'm not, that just throws it's everything It's thousands out. of dollars. Yes. Yes, it is. I had a doctor ask me yesterday about, he said, is, is, was that, was, was the change in your mood, was that affecting your ability to do your job? And I said, well, I mean, you know, I did 10 hours on Sunday and then 10 hours on Monday. And he's like, I mean, were you able to do it? And I said, I have to keep my lights on. So however depressed I get or sad I get, I still have to keep the lights on. Like that's, <laughs> I somehow, whatever it is that, whatever it is that is in my brain, what do they call it? The reptilian brain, it kicks in and it's like, no matter how sad I get, I still have to work as hard as I can in order to keep my lights on because I am the one taking care of the kids. Yes. If there wasn't a child relying on me for support, like may- maybe it would get so bad that you would just stop working. Like maybe it would be easier to let go if there weren't other people relying on you. Mm -hmm. But because you know that it's not only affecting you, you have to keep going. Oh, yeah. Like there really isn't an option. It's panic inducing for sure. So there's you got the depression and then you have the panic because you can't be depressed. Right. Being depressed is some sort of privilege. No, no, you have to keep going. You still have to get that. You should meet that deadline. There's no time to be depressed. Yeah. So you get to, you claimed him last year. Our situation is I claim Marlo every year. He claims Lita. Okay. This is a pro tip. I would, I would say this to you. (laughs) (laughs) Life hack is I have an accountant who takes care. And also, John, you don't have a corporation, do you? I do not know, which might change, but for now, you know. My recommendation, if you work for yourself, and intend to continue working for yourself as a freelancer. All of the consultation that I've been given over the years is to make a corporation. And there's several ways to do it. It eases your tax burden a bit. Okay. It eases your liability tremendously. And it's a little bit of an investment, but it's worth it. And I I pay an accountant every year to manage my taxes and to tell me and sort of predict what I'm going to owe ahead of time so that I don't suddenly panic and go, oh, I don't have that many thousands of dollars to pay the government. Yes. He is on top of everything. And so I don't have to fill out a single piece of paper other than a check that I write him at the end of the year. And I I have an accountant and she has been fantastic there was a point when i first started freelancing where we talked about the corporation and i'd have to go back and look but i think it was her recommendation early on was to not do it immediately because it would be better to see how everything shaked out yeah or shook out as it were and i think then we just haven't discussed it since but it is something that i'd like to do Uh, i mean having an accountant i think when you work on your own is oh my god it's a it's worth whatever they charge you. It just it yeah. makes it a lot easier. Even even if I could do it on my own, you know, everyone says, well, TurboTax is super easy, but it's not. There's always like a handful of questions and you really don't know how the hell to answer them mm-hmm. at all. And there's this nagging fear that, you know, if you answer it the wrong way, somehow you're going to owe more or you're going to get hit with it. Something is going to happen because you did it wrong. I know that with an accountant, they know how to answer all of the questions. All of the questions. My accountant is, I've known him now for 13 years. He's gay and very politically liberal, but fiscally extremely conservative. So 
he doesn't do anything creative to get me out of anything. He's just like, by the book. Like, we are going to pay everything that you owe because this is not only the right thing to do, but this is the thing that's going to keep you out of jail. Got it? Got it. Good. Awesome. <laughs> There's no fun in that, though. There's no fun in that, but then he'll... <laughs> I hope he's not listening to this. Then he'll break out a photo of, like, some really, really, really inappropriate joke about, like, Clinton giving Obama a blowjob or something like that. Like, he's... <laughs> He's very, very inappropriate at times, but when it comes down to money, like he's like, this is how it has to happen. And this is what, you know, what we do. And he'll call me up and he'll say, if we put this amount of money in your SEP, then you can deduct this amount of money from your taxes. But this is, you know, he's very, very on top of things. And thank God for him. It costs money for an accountant, but it, it saves so much in worry. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm no good at it. I, my accountant, used to babysit me when I was five. What? So, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm she, from oh, a small It's town. a woman, right? Yes. She used to babysit you when you were five. This is weird. What? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I've known her forever. Have you guys gone on a date? No, no she's I, I, my parents' age, a little younger. <laughs> no. You, Three kids. Yeah, I, I think two of her question. kids are in college now. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, purely professional. But she's kind of the same. She's she's very liberal, but she's, you know, every time I ask a question, you know, can we do this? Can we take this approach? Which I did the first the first year. Like my questions gradually have just decreased almost to the point where I just say, here are my documents. Do what you need to do? Mm -hmm. And she'll always come back. She's like, yeah, we can try that. But that's a little shady. So if you want to do that, you're going to have to do this on your own. I'm like, okay, no, no, <laughs> I don't need that risk. But it's been great. But even in this case, I mean, she... She can get absolutely everything prepared, and now it's just waiting until we know if I'm going to claim Lexton or not. The weight. It's the weight. Yes. The, the weight that you're like, Am, is this weight going to cost me thousands of dollars or not? Yes. Yeah. So that's always fun. Through therapy and just through some self-awareness, finances and money are probably at the top of my list of things that stress me out. Worrying about having enough money. You know how um, people who grew up in the Depression, like my grandmother used to save, like she would have a whipped cream, like whipped cream. She'd buy it at the, at the grocery store and she would finish the whipped cream and she would keep the container. She would wash out the, the plastic oh, yeah. container and keep the container. And when she was living with my mom, like my mom discovered under her bed, like all of these plastic containers from food that had been eaten. And then she would clean out the containers because she was worried that they wouldn't have enough containers. Like they're always worried, like she would save the crusts of bread because they didn't have enough food to eat. And I think I'm a product of my father who has never carried debt in his life and gave me many, many, many lectures about living within my means and being frugal. And he's, he's the biggest miser that ever lived, we'll just be honest. Um, <laughs> but I think when it, like, I don't, how are you with money? How am I with money? I would probably give your dad a run for his money in terms of being a miser. Are you a miser? Um, I'm, I'm not that, I've gotten better. I am kind of a miser with things, with stuff. I'm not so much a miser with experiences, with doing things. Like, like you don't buy things. No, I, I avoid, there has to be an actual need. Not like I have four pairs of shoes and I need one more. That's not a need, that's a want. But, you know, I my shoes have a hole in them and now I need shoes. Then I will purchase something. And part of that is just because I don't want to accumulate stuff, which I know we've talked about. But I was also raised in a family that did not have a lot of money at all. So it's sort of this both subconscious and conscious effort to not go down that road. Mm -hmm. And there is this constant, it's not a fear, but a constant stress over money. I mean, there's a, I don't know where this quote came from, and it's probably a you know, from something totally different. But I heard once someone said that, that money is like air. It's never a problem until you don't have enough. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, I mean, there's a lot of people that say, oh, money doesn't really matter. It's not, but that's because they have enough money to, to keep moving forward. If you don't have enough money to buy food, you don't have enough money to, you know, pay the rent or the mortgage, then, then money is a big problem. And I just, you know, I'd rather be a miser than have like this, oh shit moment, I don't have enough to pay my rent. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, there's a balance for sure. But I would say that finances occupy 
good lord, a very, very large quadrant of my brain. Yeah. I had like rent, healthcare, food, rent, healthcare, food, <laughs> rent, right. healthcare, food. If you if you didn't buy an iPhone though, you could probably swing the healthcare. I could probably swing the thousands of dollars in med- medication that I have to take a month in order to no. combat my depression and anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be about Just seven or eight. Swap iPhones. your phone out at the pharmacy. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. a month, seven or eight a month. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just gobbling up those. Just like gobbling. Just eating iPhones like the <laughs> like the Cookie Monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i think it's just like it's an awareness like you know that finances occupy a big part of your brain i know that too and i mean i have friends who say i don't really i don't really care but again i think it's just they're not quite as aware of how how it is going through their head yeah i was and this is no there's no judgment for me on anybody who you know the way i manage my money is my own personal oddity it is odd. I am an oddity because my mom sometimes looks at me and she's like, you're going to be fine. Stop worrying, you know, because I'm, I'm not a miser when it comes to experiences. I'm just a miser in my head going, oh, my God, we're all going to die alone and homeless if, if I don't meet this deadline. <laughs> it, well, seriously, if, if I don't meet the deadline, yeah. then I'm going to lose my job and then we're all just going to die homeless and alone. But I have had conversations with friends and my friends are like, yeah, I have like, you know, $30,000 on that one credit card. And then I have my student loans that I still haven't paid off. And, and they're oh, talking God, about, and I'm loans. like, oh my God, I'm thinking I'm going to throw up. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like the thought of credit card debt literally makes me like, I start to hyperventilate thinking about carrying credit card debt. I carried credit card debt once in my life when I bought a computer in the year 2000. <laughs> I remember this. You remember specifically like the day, the time. <laughs> yeah, I ordered a com- I ordered downhill. a computer, and it, you know, with the big monitor, the huge, gigantic monitor. Oh yeah, state of the art. But I had I had to have a computer, and I remember I'm going to put this on my credit card, and I gave myself five months to pay the whole thing off, and I did. But I haven't ever since then. It just the idea of owing money and then accruing. What's the word? It's interest. Interest. Accruing interest on that money. Oh, man. Oh, God. Finances really stress me out. Super. Student loans are the... Oh, God. See, that's why I stuck it out at BYU. That's why I stuck it out at BYU. BYU, I had the scholarship, and and even then, it was so cheap. Yeah. I'm really fucked in the head because of it, but... (laughs) But You don't have student loans. Don't have student loans. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it, for me, it's if I've already spent the money, like like on a credit card, for example. If I've already if I've already bought something on a credit card, then I have to pay that money back to the credit card because I already spent it. Like I can't. Some people just ah, I'll just let it be for a few months. I can't. I can't do that. Mm-mm. It it's just kind of haunting, and I get this fear anytime. And this is, I mean, it is it is a fear. Now that you've used that word, like if I buy. $50 pair of shoes. I immediately start to do this doomsday runaround in my head where if I I bought these shoes and then if tomorrow I lose all of my clients and I have no work, <laughs> I'm not going to have any money and this $50 could possibly buy food for a few days. Like that that's how I process it. It's completely irrational, but that's how I look at it. So I always have to just squirrel away everything. Mm-hmm. Just in case, which is not entirely stupid, but there's there's a point where it becomes just well, there's a lot of just-in cases with kids, you know? Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, stuff pops up, and you're just like, oh, good Lord. Marlo has to get her tonsils out. Like, she really needs to get her tonsils out, and we're doing that at the beginning of March. And that's – it's not an elective surgery, but on top of the premiums for healthcare, and then oh, – that's a lot of iPhones. It's a lot of iPhones to pay for her tonsils. <laughs> oh, Yeah. But like fees at school and pop up and um, my car won't start pops up. You know, those little things add up. And and we are talking from a from a standpoint of privilege where we don't have to worry about where our next meal is coming from. Right. These things pop up and we we are able to take Mm -hmm. care of them. Yeah. I mean, that it is it is a privileged place. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't help necessarily alleviate the concern. And I feel like every time I I just make the decision to purchase something that's when the car breaks <laughs> it's it's like karma's way of being like oh yeah you fucked up 
here's an $800 car bill. Hope you like the shoes. Just inevitably. Mm-hmm. Even, even with needs, though, I always feel that way. Like if I, if I really need something and then something else that's a more pressing need comes up, still feel the same like weird guilt. You know, I don't have any guilt about, I do, I do get guilt when I'm, um, purchase, like I purchased a new pair of tennis shoes. I think I may have talked about this after the marathon. I wanted a a nicer pair of tennis shoes and I went and I splurged on a really nice pair of tennis shoes and it was really hard. (laughs) It was super, super, super difficult because it wasn't an experience and it wasn't, um, for my kids and it wasn't rent. It was like, here's a new, really soft, really expensive pair of tennis shoes that are really nice. Like that gives me pause. But when it comes to like, okay, so my nephew is going on a mission to San Antonio, Texas. He leaves next week. And my sister has to get here is the Mormon lesson for this week's manic rambling spiral. <laughs> Does it come with a song? Uh, I... Wait, here he goes. Hold on. Hold on. I hope they call me on a mission when I have grown a foot or two. I hope by then I will be ready to teach and preach and work like missionaries do. <laughs> oh my God, I honestly didn't think there would be a song. Holy shit. <laughs> to teach and preach. Um, He leaves uh, next week and he, there is a lot that they have to get him for for leaving he has to buy like three very nice suits that he'll be wearing he he has to have a bicycle because mormon missionaries ride bicycles and he's a he's large he's six foot four he's a big dude so they need to like a really durable bicycle he also has to have they're requiring now i think certain technology that he has to have they have this gigantic list and you know my sister has five kids and both she and her husband work full time and they're you know they're trying to make it so the family took a look at the list and we're all pitching in and buying this kid you know his iPad and here's this other application that he needs and i i got him a a camera that he's going to take and i got him a really fancy razor for his face and like uh, i yeah. loved spending that money even though I'm, even though I don't agree with what he's doing, <laughs> but you support him. I support for him. you. It's more about him like, than what this he's is, doing. This is monumental. This is the first kid in the family, the grandkid in the family who's going on a Mormon mission. This is huge. It's it's monumental. He's so excited. This is wonderful thing for my sister. She has to say goodbye to her baby boy. And I it was delightful to buy those things. I was so happy. And it was like, I, and then I compared it to like buying the shoes and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe it's just, it's the cause behind the money that I'm okay with. You know, the causes I'm helping out a family member. That doesn't bother me at all. It's like you're buying things for an experience though. Yeah, there you go. I mean, sp- I don't know. Spending money on other people has never bothered me at all. I don't know why. Let me ask you this question. Do you pick up when you, well, you do, you don't, you haven't started dating. Right. Yeah. Because I'm, fi- I'm finining men to be very cheap. <laughs> really? Yes. Like they expect you to pay? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes they won't even reach for their wallet. You know, they won't even reach to split the bill. Yeah. It's been, it's been an interesting experience. No, I, I would pay. I, I'll meet friends for coffee and pay. I know. That I'm surprised, honestly. Yeah, I I was surprised. I think maybe it's this feeling that, you know, she's a feminist. She's going to want to take care of this. It's like, I would appreciate, like, meeting me in the middle. That would be great. There's a certain point where if you offer to pay, you know, you're not going to sit there and and fight over who's going to pay. Then you just say, okay, let's split it. Or I'll pay and you leave the tip or something. But you have to offer. Or even if you don't really want to offer, you have to make it look like you're going to offer. (laughs) I mean, come on. At least reach for the wallet. Yeah. I don't know. That just seems kind of crazy. When people ask me to support causes or, you know, they're going to, they're raising money for something by doing a half marathon or whatnot. Those are, I really don't think twice about those. Uh, I I enjoy supporting friends and and causes, but putting, but clothing my feet, my own feet, I have a really hard (laughs) time with. Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird dynamic, I guess, to be so frugal, but only with yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. 
The opposite would be pretty selfish, but it is odd when you think about it. Because when you look at other expenses, you can rationalize it. But then when you look at it for yourself, you, it becomes really irrational. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have friends who can walk into you know a, a store and buy themselves hundreds of dollars worth of clothing, and it's and they don't blink. And I there's a part of me that is like, how did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Teach me. Teach me. How did you do that? That's incredible. And, and I think that's in part like that constant fear or I don't just uh, the constant awareness the fact that it's always in my head and then to think you know tax season is here and for me I just like to get taxes done like quickly I know some people wait until like tax day I don't just because I know if I do something's gonna happen it's gonna be late there's just I don't I don't do that I like to get them done yeah I pay I pay quarterly with the corporation yeah I paid quarterly 2015, I think, and then not last year. I don't remember why, and I'm definitely going to pay quarterly again. Mm -hmm. Definitely going to pay quarterly again. But now, because I can't file, or I guess I I should say I could. I could just decide that she can claim him, and I just want to be done with it, and yada, 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 yada. But it's not a minor difference. So now I have to, A, wait and just know that taxes are sitting there, which just because of who I am makes me nervous. I don't like it. And B, wonder if I'm going to suddenly owe thousands more than anticipated. So what are you going to do? I don't know. We have, I mean, we get along well enough that we, we have thrown around the idea that let's look at who would benefit more from claiming him and then find a way to split that benefit. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah. Which it could which could solve it. I mean, it would make it would mean neither one of us really gets the full benefit of claiming him ever, but neither one of us misses it either. I, I don't know. I think it would make sense and it would probably flip from time to time and then we wouldn't really have to argue it. But I have an accountant and she does them herself. And because of how I am, I don't like doing it yourself because I don't, I don't think it's as accurate. So that always makes me nervous. Yeah. Again, people talk about being nervous about taxes and I'm like, get an accountant, get an accountant, get an accountant. Yeah. It's a language that I don't want to learn. I don't want to learn accounting. It's, I don't want to learn it. Mm -mm. Yeah. I'm not going to try to fix my car. I could probably stumble my way through it depending on what it was, but there's someone who already knows how to do it really well. Yes. So I rely on them because I want to be able to stop my car. Same with taxes. I don't want to deal with you made some major error and now you're being audited and you're totally screwed. I hope you enjoyed saving money with TurboTax. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm, I know a lot of people love it and have success with it. And that's fine. I'm totally not judging anyone. But for me, I think part of it is I'm not confident with it. And then I panic mm -hmm. and then probably make more mistakes because of that. And then it's just this. It's a spiral. It is. I was supposed to write the government a really huge check back, I think it was in October, September, to finish off my taxes for, it was just a final check for 2015, I think. I don't remember. He, he does my taxes. In like your fourth quarter payment yeah. or something. Okay. And we had gone back and forth about whether or not I wanted to put money into retirement to save on taxes. And we finally figured out how much I owed and I'm not blaming him for this, although he did say that he took the blame for it. He didn't send me the official email saying, here's the slip that uh, that you need to put in the mail with your check to the IRS right now. So we, we agreed on the amount that I, they owed the government, and then I didn't. I was waiting for him to tell me to send the check. And I think he thought that our conversation agreeing to the amount was his way of saying, go ahead and send that to the government. So... Like a month later, I emailed him and said, hey, was I, were you going to send me something about, you know, paying that, that those taxes? And he was like, oh, here's the slip. Send it immediately. <laughs> so like, um, oh, yeah. two weeks later, I get a note from the Utah State Tax Commission because it was Utah, ta it was state taxes. And okay. because it had been paid late, I owed an extra $700. Holy God. Just, you know, one of those, you know, just an extra Couple seven. Pairs of shoes. Just an extra $700 lying around. So I, I contacted my accountant and said, um, what's going on? And he's like, let me take care of this. So he sent a formal 
complaint to the well he an appeal to the Utah State Tax Commission on my behalf and it was under review and while it was under review I get a call from the Utah State Tax Commission and she's like where's the 700 it's now $750 because you still haven't paid it and I'm like oh my god I said what what's your name and let me get your number and let me call my accountant so I call my accountant and he's furious and he called the Utah State Tax Commission and gave him an earful because they're not supposed to call anybody who's under an appeal. This goes on and on. And so by the end of the appeal, I think it was something like I owed $790. They they denied the appeal. That was fun. So it went up by 90 bucks uh-huh. for nothing. In the time that I was, yeah. So $790 as a penalty for not paying on time. It's just a little penalty for not paying my taxes on time. But my accountant, he was like, you know what, we'll deduct that from anything that you owe me for preparing your taxes. So he took the hit there. But like those little things can happen even with an accountant. <laughs> right. And at least he tried to appeal. Yeah. Like he, I wouldn't have known what to do at right. all. I would have just paid it because I'd have no idea. And granted, your appeal was rejected, but maybe it wasn't rejected. And then you saved the money. And you actually had that chance. I uh, I see the Utah State Tax Commission on the outside of an envelope, and I get the anxiety shits, man. <laughs> like I have to run to the bathroom. <laughs> I hate seeing those words on an envelope. I hate seeing the IRS on the on an envelope. It's like, oh God, what are they going to do? <laughs> and it's not. I know we have we have texted about this. It's not that we have a problem paying taxes. Like that's not it. Because I know that there's going to be someone, well, I thought you were liberals and liberals like taxes and government and blah, blah, I live on a budget and there's a budget for certain things. And when something like that comes along and just, you know, takes my feet out from under me, it's like, okay, an extra 790 right there. Boom. Gone. Okay. Right. It's the surprise of taxes. That's what it is. Because you don't know, you know, when you open your cable bill every month, you know more or less what it's going to be. You know, theoretically, it's the same with your cell phone, roughly with your electric and get, you have an idea, but you get a letter like that and you're like, oh God, mm-hmm. is it a notice? Is it a bill? Yeah. Is it a check? Which it's not. Are they going to arrest me if I don't send this right. in today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was late? Like, that's always what I mm-hmm. think. Like, what? Oh shit. What did I miss? Mm-hmm. Like, I missed something. They have no reason to mail me anything. Mm-hmm. And that, that for me, what was hard about this year's taxes is just because, and I guess I will take the responsibility for that, for not like addressing this last tax season, you know, I'm claiming him, what are we going to do next year? And she did know that I was claiming him, but the fact that I kind of went through all of last year, like just assuming I would claim him and then, well, maybe not. It's the surprise. That's what it is. Had I known, I probably would grumble Mm -hmm. slightly, but I would at least have been mentally prepared for it right (laughs) maybe i don't know maybe i'd still freak out (laughs) hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So you still don't know what you're going to do? No. Theoretically, we, we talked about it a few days ago. We're going to try to get it resolved in the next week or two. And, and it's, it's totally out of my hand. Like everything... All I have to do is call or email my accountant and say, this is what I'm doing. Go. And it's done. All of my documents, everything is prepared. It's just waiting for her to do it. So you have to be done. It's You have the April 15th deadline, right? Right. Okay. But you don't as a corporation? Is that what you No. Mean? I mean, people talk about April 15th and as a corporation because I do quarterlies. It, like that doesn't, my, my accountant handles it. Yeah. But what if, so you pay, quarterlies are an estimate, right? But let's just say theoretically you didn't pay enough. Mm-hmm. 
Does April 15th mean anything to you then? No. Okay, interesting. Hmm. I don't know what trickery magic he pulls. He does it he does it by the books, but he he makes it so that he just calls me at a certain point and says expect to pay this much at this time and then he calls me and he says you need to pay this now. I just trust him with my life. <laughs> he's <laughs> Which given is good. Me, obviously he's good at it. He well he's given me every recommendation. Like he gave me a recommendation for a realtor. He gave me a recommendation for a house painter. He gave me a recommendation for people to install wood floors back in back at the old 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 house. <laughs> oh my god. You, so you've been with him a really long time and he's kind of the everything go-to person. Yes. I called him when Obamacare since we're since we're talking about healthcare and a little bit when Obamacare first launched, I was on a healthcare plan that a high risk pool. Both me and both girls were on that high risk pool, and the high risk pool because of Obamacare was going to cease to exist at the end of was it 2014 or 2013? Thanks. Ah, was it? I should. We should know this. This is historic piece of legislation, and I couldn't get through the fucking website. You know, I will be the first. I am the biggest Obamacare proponent, and I'll be the first to say that it is so fucked up in so many ways. Oh, yeah. Beginning with that goddamn website. I could not get into the website. And whenever I did get into the website, it would tell me that every that something was wrong, even though the information was right. I couldn't get in to get health care. So I called my accountant, and I said, you are the person that I go to for everything. He's, and he recommended a broker to me. And so... I met with an insurance broker who got us health care with a with a plan. I didn't take any subsidies is the thing. It, it, it's kind of, it's Obamacare in the sense that it's a regular health care plan and they can't deny me because of pre-existing conditions. That's basically my Obamacare. It's a just there's no subsidies or anything like that. OK. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And it has gone up over 150 percent since in those four years. The premiums. Yeah. It's super fun. See? It's fun. That's what. It, yeah, it's fun. It's Finance fun. is always fun. Mm-hmm. But I have I have health insurance, and I have a tax mystery. So, <laughs> woo! But it, that is something that's on my list of things that I would like to try and get resolved this year is some sort of something or other somehow in writing about finances. Yes, and in and a little note here about doing that while you're separating and getting divorced it's not fun at all especially (laughs) especially if you've been in business with the person you're separating and divorcing (laughs) it's not fun and i will say this divorce in that instance can be really fucking expensive (laughs) yeah yeah but you did it up front which is the one ah, nice thing, I think, right? No, nope. okay. It was an ongoing debacle, nightmare from fucking hell. It was not fun. <laughs> and it went on and on and on and on. And here's where I give a shout out to Miss Kelly Williams, who stuck it out for over a year to make sure that, that I didn't go bankrupt. Boom. Yeah. She had like a... Mo- Modern, what is she? She's a lawyer who helped okay. me. She just she she helped me out. <laughs> but and it took a while, right, to come to. I'm just going to use the word agreement uh-huh. on how it would all work out. But that's sort of some when you get divorced. Since I've never been divorced, that's part of what's figured in. Like we have to figure out finances. Yeah, and it can be super easy. I know a lot of people who you know it's super easy. They had an agreement, boom, done. Mine was not that. I think on my end. It would probably be on the easier side of the spectrum, but I never know. And there's part of me, I I don't really like conflict, which is why I don't have one at all, because I don't really want to bring it up, because I don't really want to attempt to cross that bridge. Ah, okay. Which is ridiculous. I, I think, you know, once we did it, it would be great, probably for both of us. It would be but, great. You really need something yeah. in writing. Something. There needs to be something, but I, yeah, you know, like most things, easier said than done. You'll, you, you, I, the number of times I have referred to the written document, John. <laughs> yeah. John would, yeah. with the H. The number of times I have referred to the written document and said, see page seven, section four C, that right there. 
Do you, do you see that? Do you know that section specifically? Do you remember that section? Go read it again. <laughs> I feel like we've talked about this a couple times that there's, in some ways, there's that advantage to actually having a, a, a divorce because there are things in writing agreed to. Now, yeah, I could have you know, made sure that I had all of the same things in writing, but it's like an extra step. Whereas when you get a divorce, that's kind of all part of the process. Yes. So for me, it would be, we're separated. Now let's talk about finances. And I mean... I, I don't, I, that's why I left everything. Cause I didn't even want to deal with that. Except <laughs> you for the took Ottoman. the Ottoman. <laughs> except for the fucking Ottoman. God. Yeah. But it's, it was, it was easier. And even aside from this, aside from like this tax surprise, it's, it hasn't been difficult. It's been easy because I don't have, I just, I just assume that I'm going to pay for everything mm-hmm. and then it's easier, which is, Saying it is absolutely stupid. I know that. But it's there's no confrontation. Yes, but you really, really, really do need to know your rights. I am the like I I avoid confrontation like the plague. And my one piece of advice to every single person that I've ever come in contact with who's getting separated or divorced is like know your rights. Know them. They're yeah. very, very important. Oh, how I wish I had educated myself more. Oh, yeah. And I mean, in hindsight, I think there's probably things that I could have figured out in advance that I didn't. I mean, for the most part, I understand where I have rights and where I don't. But I think that's where the hesitancy comes in, because I I tend to tread very lightly in some areas to not disrupt the balance. It's easier to disrupt. So I guess, for example, if you if if you have a divorce and you have court documents and you can refer to section 7c for example whatever it's there it's in writing it's from the court now some someone can decide not to listen to it right they can decide not to abide by it or whatever but there there are repercussions for that right Mm -hmm. Uh, and both sides have to follow it right you know maybe that maybe section 7c is in is in your favor and even if john doesn't like it he he has to do it and even if he really doesn't like it and he gets super pissed off, he can't really do anything. He agreed to it. Right. It was right. an agreement. Yes. Yes. And and a legally binding agreement. So it's the legally binding step that I would probably struggle to get to successfully. So then I feel like then I, we're just kind of making a handshake agreement, which is not, it's not going to, I don't know. It's not going to. It's not going to. It's not worth it. I mean, I, I guess it's it's possible that if we just wrote everything down and it was just a little separate agreement between the two of us, maybe it would hold up. I'm not saying that if we if we agree on something that she goes behind my back. That's not what I'm implying. But it's it's less finite than an official court document. So there's always room to wiggle okay. or room to say, okay, fine, I'm going to do that because we agreed on that. But then I'm going to do this. Whereas and you want not... you want that wiggle room? No, I don't. Oh, you don't. I want it to be. This is this is what we agreed on, and this oh. is what we're gonna do. I thought you were getting it that you wanted the wiggle room. No, I mean there's enough. I am like surrounded by and swimming in a gray area, and I don't. I'd I'd kind of rather keep some of that gray than not. And if I try to get black and white in some areas, then it becomes black and white everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I guess, yeah, in some ways I'm trying to keep wiggle wiggle room sort of. And just by, I mean, by, by Heather's very nature, she is a black and white person. And that's not bad. There are people that are just black and white. So there's not like a halfway point, really. So you still don't know what you're going to do? Nope. <laughs> Swimming in the gray. Good times. Good times. And th- there is just a huge part of me that just feels like emailing my account and being like, just file, don't claim him, I don't care. I just don't want to think about it anymore. It would, eat, yeah, you would know that you owe that those extra thousands of dollars yeah Yeah, that would be fun but if we we can come to a compromise where we say you know who who will benefit the most and then how can we share that benefit in whatever but i mean that's what's so hard when you you know when you work for yourself it's like i owe or i owe more like i there's not it's not like all of a sudden i'm getting money you know Mm -hmm. like some people get a tax refund yeah i remember the days of tax refunds remember that i remember liking tax season because i would get a refund (laughs) Like I I remember like what am I gonna way buy back with my in tax high school. Refund? Free yeah, money. Like, oh my god, seven hundred dollars is awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's so far distant past. Yeah, I'll I'll share this. The first year that my website did really, really, really well, um, 
with ads. <laughs> I got a call from my accountant and he was like, you need to write this amount of money to the government this week. And this I, week? So this was like an urgent call. Yeah, because he, he, you know, we had given him access to our, you know, our numbers and whatnot. And he saw, because it was really taken off. This is like back in 2008 when, it, when things sort of exploded very quickly. And you have to be on top of that stuff. You have to be on top of that shit. And he was giving me an urgent call. And he's like, you need to write a, a check for this amount to the government. And I was like, <gasps> what? <laughs> Holy shit. Well, that was like the first actual year of, of success. Yeah. So you didn't really know what the hell to expect at all. No. Did yeah. not expect that number. No. <laughs> No, I had like, I was actually in, Palm, check. I was in Palm Springs with my friend Carol and visiting one of her friends and he called me there and I had to get up and like take a walk or we were in a timeshare and had to walk around the block. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I want to make money. <laughs> 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 if I have to write the government that kind of check, holy shit. Yep. Yeah. I'd much rather the refund. Those were good days. And my, I remember when I was playing paying quarterly that one the one year that i paid quarterly my accountant is very i made a comment like it'd be great to pay too much because then i'll get money back you know i was just kind of thinking out loud and she's like no you don't want to get money back and you don't want to pay any extra yes I'm like exactly. no, no no i want i want a check she's like no you don't you want a zero <laughs> okay well that's not yeah. It's not nearly as cool as like a thousand dollar check from the IRS. No, I remember being in college and getting like maybe a hundred and seventy dollars back, and I was like, "What am I gonna do with all this money? What? Hundred and seventy dollars? Yep. Oh my god! What could I? I could do this. I could do this. I could do this." I, I remember this. Yep. Somebody asked me the other day because everybody in Utah knows everybody. One of my first jobs in Utah was for this guy that he he owns this huge 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 business down in utah uh county utah county yeah um i'm not going to mention his name or his company because i'm not going to give him shit um so it was a good job so uh, yeah he was one of my first employers it was like one of my first web design jobs in provo utah before i went out to la making 13 dollars an hour i was just I just, I really did. I was just like, what am I going to do with all of this money? I'm making so much money. <laughs> what am I, what am I going to do? <laughs> it was just like $13 an hour. It was oh, yeah. amazing. I mean, that, yeah, that's pretty good, especially considering when. 1998. Yeah, 1998. Yeah. That was the going wow. rate for a beginning entry-level web designer. It's changed a little bit. I was making $7 an hour taking phone calls for Delta Airlines. $7.11 an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. You doubled your pay. But I did get less. refunds from the government, man. Those were fucking awesome. <laughs> I, that, yeah, that would simplify things right now. Mm-hmm. Life isn't easy, so here we go. Life isn't easy. Just quit. Just quit. There we go. <laughs> That is a life hack. Life isn't easy. Just quit. <laughs> By the way, I just want to say this here at the end of this episode. It has been a really, really, really another intense week. I had a, I had a two day, two and a half day offsite meeting with Farm Forward while my while while my child is uh, she's going to a play every single night for ten nights in a row. And on the first day of the offsite, they had to play at Federation, which is a piano competition, not a, a competition, but they have to play two pieces in front of judges so in the middle of all the move and everything that happened during the move and then approaching the play my kids had to go and perfect two solo pieces to play in front of judges yesterday was a really 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 intense day and i get a text message from the piano teacher and the first thing she says is marlo got a superior and i literally fell on the floor literally collapsed into the floor just <laughs> for a good reason though for a very great reason like marlo armstrong marlo fucking marlo iris armstrong marlo fucking armstrong my little seven-year-old got a superior lita also as well got a superior and it just was one of those moments where it's like okay everything might be okay <laughs> like i can't believe that in all of this that my kids pulled it off and Man, that was a good good text. That was a great text. Says a lot about 
even though it's been chaotic. And I think I mentioned this last week, like obviously you've held everything together with such cohesion that, I mean, they know there's change, but they're not as affected by it as they could be. Yeah. Um, it was, I'm doing the best I can to provide the most ability I can and fucking superiors, man. I'm so proud. <laughs> I'm so proud. It's awesome. Yeah. And to think they've been practicing on the piano that just barely fit. <laughs> barely. It is the entire living room. My living room is a piano. That's it. And now practice is a, is a family affair. Practice, you cannot escape the piano. Coco has tried to escape the piano and she <laughs> comes down. <laughs> she goes in the basement and just goes in circles like, make her stop. <laughs> oh, man. And it's times two every day. Yeah. And poor dog. Yeah. Uh, well, she's lucky they're good. If they were not good, mm-hmm. you, bo- you both Imagine are Imagine if they were horrible. playing the violin. No. Oh, God. No. Oh. Or, uh-uh. or even a reeded instrument like a saxophone Ooh. or a clarinet. Or, or the drums. No. Or the drums. I was awful at the flute. I can tell you that's pretty bad to hear, too. <laughs> we just spiraled into the just- flute. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah. Ending on a high note. Because you know what? Look at that. Look at that. Music Heather's going to work with you, and you guys are going to figure something out that works. We're not all going to die alone, bankrupt and homeless. We're going to pay our taxes. We're going to stop worrying unnecessarily. The world will continue spinning. Even if we buy those shoes. Even if we buy those shoes. We would love to hear your financial stories, be it fairy tales or horror. Um, send us your comments to stories at manicramblings.com. And you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at manicramblings, right? I got all of those right. Correct. Yeah, you're, you're good at those. Until next time, claim the kid on your taxes, dude. Claim the kid. Just claim and don't even ask. Yeah, I don't actually don't that look at that. Yeah, that yeah that that's not a good idea. Up. Not a good idea. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 